Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones, author of Church Plantology. Cha-ching! Right out the gate. You know, I, I've written six books, but you don't hear me cha-chinging. You don't hear me pushing them. And you've been in a movie. Oh, Tell geez. us about it, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I went there. <laughs> oh, no. Did I tell you I had to look it up on Netflix <laughs> and I could like there was three seconds where I was on the screen. Yes. I'm like, hey, right, 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 I saw right it. Right I saw it. I actually watched and fast forwarded to where you said and then boom. Oh, really? I, told I didn't you. watch. I didn't watch. Yes. It, it, anyway, I'm not going to go any further on that subject at all. Hey, dude. So yesterday, I know you can't see this. I had a meeting with a buddy of mine um, where I was asking him about, you know, uh, he's a, a realtor broker and I was asking him about um, selling our house and stuff like that, you know, so we can get the heck out of Dodge. And on my way back, I know you can't see this. Whoa. That's a pink Tesla. I can see that. Wow. Well, you can't see the license plate. The license plate was moved to TX and it was a Texas license plate. No. And I was way. like, is this is so that's so much. <laughs> That's, that's, that's an employee right there. Oh, it had to have been, right? Because it that's was like an employee. Weird, yeah, because they're moving the factory there. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty dang cool. Move to But Texas. I mean, their office is up in Palo Alto, so I don't know what they're doing down in Southern Cal. Yeah, I know. Like, they would never come down to, to Orange County or San Diego. Would I, you I, stay up in your area? I wouldn't. I wouldn't go down there. San Diego's the bomb. It's bombed? Who bombed it? <laughs> no, San Diego. 
I'm telling you, man, if I have to live in the heat, this is where I want to be. I don't want to live in the heat. I mean, but um, I will probably be moving to a place hotter. Yes, you will. But it'll be that free. is the trade off. Yes, that is yeah. the trade off for you. And that's all I care about is I want to be free. So today's episode is the last but one, as the British like to say, the last but one. They also say not instead of zero. Okay, have you seen James Bond? And if so, don't tell me about it. Yes. He does. Was it good? I knew it. I knew he would die. That, oh, Did he I wasn't give birth to, tell to himself, that? though? No, I figured he's dying in this one. Yeah, you know what was funny is there was uh, some foreshadowing that I was like, okay, I know exactly what's going to happen now. Did you really I mean, just tell our audience at the end of the movie? That he dies. Yes, I did. Oh, wow. Uh, so, everybody, spoiler alert on today's episode. <laughs> I don't care. I don't uh, care. If hey, you, you know don't want to hear what happens to James Bond, I'm not going to tell um, you what happens. Rewind one minute and don't listen any further. Yeah. No, but there was there was something else that happened. I was like, oh, dude, I know exactly what's going to happen. Well, don't tell me that because I am I am you will there's all of no them. way when you see this one scene you don't figure out exactly yeah, well, what's gonna happen me. to Bond. Yeah. Right. Cause it was like, give me a stinking break. Like that that was such blatant foreshadowing. Right. It's not even funny. Like it, so you knew what was gonna happen. And uh-huh. so Bond did not care that he died at the end. Like he was like, Yeah, I'm gonna die. Yeah, because of something else. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about this movie. I've gone back and watched. It was um, better than I the other amazed. ones. I didn't, I didn't think the other ones were all that good. I did. So Casino Royale to me was phenomenal because I I was that one might have that was the first one right? Yeah, with the yeah, card that game. one I think was pretty good, but the other ones I didn't think were that good. Yeah. So and I I love how Casino Royale and then the next one, which is Quantum of Solace, ends up. Like ending seconds, you know, it, it just picks up seconds after the other one. Like he finds a guy, he shoots him in the leg, and then his whole pursuit, and she's trying to call him back. M is saying, no, no, get back here. And uh, and he goes kind of rogue in that one. Well, then you have, um, oh, not Spectre, but what was the other one? Um, the third one to me is the best. And that's the one where he goes to his old family home at the end. And he sets all those booby traps when all the oh, guys yeah, come yeah. in for him. I love that one. I can't remember the name of it. It's the best one. And then Skyfall. Skyfall. And then Spectre was good. Like, I've loved all four of them. I thought they were all excellent movies. Good James Bond. So I I am, I am going to miss this uh incarnation of bond i think most of them were lame i actually found the james or uh, sean connery james bonds i know it's cool to say oh i really like it just like when johnny cash died ev- all everybody was suddenly a johnny cash fan um it was kind of like yeah you know you guys all uh say you like sean connery i bet you've never actually watched a sean connery bond movie because they're boring as heck um, the, uh, Roger Moore ones were goofy as all get out. Although when I was a kid, Moonraker was quite the thing with Jaws, you know, a guy with all the metal teeth. So yeah. we, we liked that, but it's a terrible movie. 
Um, Pierce Brosnan, uh, Goldeneye, uh, one of the best video games ever came off that. But um, they were they were lackluster. I mean, they weren't that great of movies, to be honest. So um, this this is the first Bond movies where I feel like these are just good films. You know, um, Casino Royale still holds up after all these years. And I like the fact that they do a very tortured take on the character. Um, some of his, you know, his old ways, like they modernized him a bit. He's not quite the womanizer that he was in the old ones. Like he's gross in the old ones. Like he, he would not endure the, the Me Too movement. Um, he just objectifies every woman he comes across. In the modern incarnation, they bring out that he's, he's jacked. Like he's totally jacked up. And I like that dynamic that they don't praise it. They don't, they just say, yeah, he's messed up. And they keep bringing that up throughout thing is you're messed up a bit. And, uh, and I like that. So I like my James Bond a little bit, bro. Well, you heard how they were like debating, Oh, should the next James Bond be a woman? Uh, I tried not to. Well, I, the reason is because in this movie, there's another 007 and yeah. it's a woman. And I'm like, maybe they were thinking they were going to make her the new James Bond going forward. They were going to do that in the Nolan films for Batman. Remember the character that they had? Um, I don't remember who he was, uh, what what role he played. But he was like a, a detective or a cop or something. Yeah. And they were talking about making him like a Robin or he'll take over the mantle of the bat. Really? And uh, Yeah. They were saying, because in, in the end of the film, like he discovers the bat cave or something. Yeah, Wasn't that okay, like the, the little that. Easter egg? And you're thinking, oh, he's the next. He's going to carry on the mantle. Well, you can't redo Batman. Like you're either raised by Bruce, or you're you're you are Bruce. Like you can't just stumble into the Batcave and go. And I think they got backlash recently. Um, this has been a big thing recently. Is um, Superman? I guess just came out as bisexual in the comic. And oh, did he also, really? Yeah, and Robin came out that way. And when Robin happened about a month ago, it's just you know I'm a huge Batman fan. Batman and Superman, um, I, I, I like them a lot. And so for me, I, it was really interesting to read people's comments. Like in the majority of people, there were people saying, oh, I feel seen, you know, this is me. But the majority of people were like, hey, you're, you're actually dishonoring this character because that is not how the character was conceived or written. Um, and I, I tend to agree with this. If you're going to take somebody else's creative work, honor the creative work. Don't reinvent it um, based on whatever social fad happens to be going on or identity politics. Actually create, and this is this is what the majority of fans said. I was really interested to read this because people are like, look, I got no problem with LGBT, but that's not who that character is. You've actually had to contort that character into something He's not. Um, and uh, if you really want to do this, create your own character and make them bisexual or gay or create your own 007 and make it 008. Don't make it 007. Right. 007 is James Bond, right? Um, make it some other character and make it a female. And so I, I tend to agree with that train of thought is don't make Batman a woman. You can have Batwoman. There is a Batwoman. But there's Batman. It's not so you get a Batwoman in addition to Batman. If you want to see Batman as a girl, 
you got Batwoman, but it's not Batman as a woman, right? right. Like it's it, it, there's a difference, and I I just think when it comes to to fictionalized um, you know IP, you honor those characters. Just just seems wrong to me. Same reason for Ghostbusters. Like I was happy. Like, hey, I'm cool if you want to make a girl Ghostbuster movie, but but you should have made it at least funny. I'm just gonna throw that in there. I didn't see it, but it's like it I don't have good. any problem. It wasn't good. It had nothing to do with the, the timing fact that it was, was wrong. It the just timing wasn't good was writing. Wrong. Yeah, the timing was wrong. You could literally make a all female Ghostbusters as long as you don't try to make them the Ghostbusters. The Ghostbusters are the characters we've all been waiting for. In the next Ghostbusters movies, the mistake that movie made was it was it was a little bit of a um, uh, virtue signal. Oh, we're going to make an all girl one. And people went, no, because we love the characters that we love and we want to see them again. It's all timing. Um, Blizzard Entertainment did the same thing where the fans for years were waiting for the next Diablo uh, part of the Diablo franchise. And Blizzard built all this hype up and at the conference revealed a mobile game rather than the next installment. And people went nuts. And they it's two years on, maybe three years on, and they've still never released that mobile game because it just got buried. Like, like the fans were like, no, I don't care about this. You built us up to think we we're getting this. And I think what you, you got to be careful with that stuff. You know, pe- people are like, hey. This was part of my childhood. Superman, Batman, these are iconic characters. Ghostbusters, that's my childhood, right? It'd be like you make E.T., but now E.T.'s a girl, right? Um, E.T.'s a girl? What does that mean? No, I'm saying like if you if oh. you made an – and you just made an E.T. movie just for sure it to E.T.'s be a girl. A boy? I'm just asking. I'm not. I thought about that after I said it. But but you don't – what, what you I'm saying You made E.T. a human. You can't do that. <laughs> Mac and me, I, 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 that's questionable. I don't know. Um, have you ever seen those clips, by the way, speaking of Mac and me, where uh, Paul Rude goes on the show? And there's a funny clip on there. Every time that Paul Rude goes on the Conan O'Brien show, Conan shows this clip from his upcoming movie. And it's the same clip of this like really cheesy, low-budget science fiction film. It was like an E.T. knockoff called Mac and me, where the, the aliens the whole time has this expression. And they show this scene of them in a wagon going off a cliff. And he shows it every time that Paul Rude's ever on the show promotes. And he shows that same clip. I love stuff like that. It's kind of like the, do you ever watch the family guy? I do not. It it crosses way too many lines for me. Oh yeah, for sure. (laughs) But they used to have this scene where all of a sudden Peter Griffin and starts fighting this chicken. And like the fight will last for 10 minutes and like, serious? there's yeah, there's nothing that starts it. It's just, they hate each other. The fight will go for 10 minutes and then it'll end. And then like another episode, 10 episodes later, all of a sudden there's the chicken. <laughs> like They'll be doing something totally different, but they see each other and they start fighting. Well, isn't there some on the family guy, isn't there some uh, s- singer that they always cut to? It's like a live action clip, some music know, clip of go. some singer playing. And people get it's like either a polka or a jazz musician or a country western, and people get really mad about it. Like people like wrote into the show to complain because it's when they need filler. Like say that chicken fight breaks out, 
and it's going on really long and they're like, crap, we don't have enough animation. They'll put like a minute or two minutes. And the longest one they did was something like three minutes of this singer. And they just do it because they need the stock footage and they figure, hey, this is funny. We'll cut to this country singer, you know, and then boom, tie it back in. So, yeah. It's kind of oh, funny. There's the dog. There she is. She saw you and, oh, heck no. <laughs> yeah. Went back around the. She, she'd be like, uh, I can't wait to bite him. Mm, he looks tasty. Mm. Yeah, she lets Where's us know, man. So I got, uh, we, we do these films with Through the Word. We did these discipleship uh, films. And the film, the directors <coughs> made a stormtrooper shirt for me. It's, a, it's the helmet, and it's got my beard coming out the bottom. And then he's got headphones on. He's listening to it Through the Word thing that was pretty cool well anyways uh the it's a it's a husband and wife couple the wife came onto the property and my dog was not in the yard but was in the house and went ballistic like she has a signature bark if someone's on the property that she will make it's pretty cool it's it's better than a ring camera if someone's here that's not supposed to be there's a distinct bark that breaks and we're like oh who's here you know so we're we're uh, getting conditioned. Our dog is conditioning us. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like I run on Richie Rich, his robot maid. Richie's in trouble. Remember that? You, you ever don't. heard uh, You ever heard the story about Pavlov's dogs? <laughs> yes. I don't know, but it rings a bell. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Pavlov's dog is a great experiment. I remember uh, taking child psychology. And they showed all of these experiments that they did, um, psychological experiments on humans. And uh, they used to mess with babies. Yeah, they would. They did this one where they would check baby spatial awareness and they would have this tile floor and they they had this like pin that they could crawl around in with tile floor. And then there would be a tile floor on a lower level and it would be glass stretching out. And so that the tiles would change dimension. And the babies wouldn't go out on it, you know, and so they would, they would, and the babies would get scared of the edge. Um, so it, it was really interesting. And so they would mess with these babies and get them to cry. And I remember at a young age going, yeah, a lot of these experiments are really messed up. Like they're totally messing with babies, taking notes. I'm pretty oh, sure yeah. I was. Oh, yeah, a, the baby's traumatized by this. Wow. I'm pretty sure I was a product of some of those experiments. Oh, yeah. It explains yeah. a lot about me. Yes, I I agree. That's why when we go when we go to like rubies and stuff, you start to cry when we go in the doorway. You see those tile floors. Remember that time you started crying? I'm like, Pete, what's wrong? You I just figured you really wanted like a milkshake, and there was a long line. But it you turned said out you weren't going to bring that up. <laughs> Oklahoma, Oklahoma. <laughs> uh, should we get into today's topic? Yes, but the pumpkin uh, milkshake at Ruby's is delicious, and kids eat for free on Tuesdays. All right, that's first sponsor done. The Ruby's close to us closed with the pandemic and never reopened. Dude, so. you know what? Like, I, I have to share, like, you know, there's times in history where you say, we will not forgive, and we will not forget. And uh, soup plantation is that for me. That that was a bitter pill to swallow. Now, I stand alone. Nobody goes to soup plantation who is under 65 or non-retirement age, except for the Joneses. 
because Pete, they hand make their soups every day fresh. And uh, you can walk up and there's six cauldrons of soup there. And How fresh much did they pay bread. you? I'm telling you. No, no. This isn't rubies. I'm talking about soup plantation. I know. They're, they're gone, they dude. You? They're gone. Oh, they're gone. They're gone. And, and it hurts my soul because I want that harvest medley soup this time of year. Every year, I want that pumpkin bread, Pete. I, I I want I want the autumnal harvest brewed in a pot for me, and it's gone forever, like tears on a child. Gone That's forever, right. yeah, mm. like tears in the rain. I guess all these moments in time, Blade Runner. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Is that Batman? No, that's uh, that's Rutger Hauer's amazing speech. Right before he says, time to die. He gives that amazing what? In speech. What? Blade Runner. When he's getting uh, ready to die. And he says, who dies? Things. Rucker Hauer. As Who's the, uh Oh, he's uh, in, in Blade Runner. You know, the, the, the what do they call them? The androids? The, oh, you're uh, talking about the original Force? Blade Runner. The original, yeah. Not that. that that's, no, okay. no, not that. Uh, I bought that soundtrack, by the way. Um, but yeah, apparently they're going to make another one. Did you hear that? And oh, geez, I'm not watching. <laughs> Pete that. and I actually went and saw that movie together. We we're so excited, and Pete was not thrilled. But we walked out, and that was the first thing I looked over at Pete. And I went, bah, bah. <laughs> the whole soundtrack was like. Did we see that oh, with Barry too? Was Barry with us? I don't think he was. No, was it? It was Deliver Us from Evil. We saw it with Barry, right? Oh yeah, I think we traumatized him. I think we did. Yeah, my he was living with my mother in law, and she reported whimpers coming from his bedroom that night. So, but let's face it, that could have been any night with Barry. And he kept his night. Normally, he would turn his nightlight off like around two, three in the morning. But his nightlight stayed on all night. Sorry, <laughs> this is what happens if you're my intern. We He's, do make fun of you. He doesn't listen to the podcast. He doesn't anymore. No. no, he he he's on he's on the Ministry Ninja podcast, which which you said you're canceling, the, right? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna fold it down. We're gonna do a couple more episodes, and then we're gonna fold it down uh, so that we can start another podcast. Which I, will I not, heard it was because uh, people complained that there wasn't any smack talk. And they thought it was going to be like Church Planner Podcast, and it wasn't, and they didn't like that. Well, it's so funny you say that because uh, Barry recently goes, hey, and we start this new podcast. Because it's been a great podcast. We've run it for a few years. He goes, I, I think we should have more banter, kind of like Smack Talk. But our uh, the thing is, is you can't reproduce our Smack Talk because of just the sheer amount of stupidity that you and I bring out on this thing. Well, the and, other thing, too, is like part of the reason why Smack Talk works so when Regis was on that Regis and Kelly show or Regis live or whatever they called it, they refused to talk to each other before they got on stage for the show because they needed that. Like it makes total sense for you. And I, it literally, we haven't really talked all week, <laughs> most weeks. And it's like, this is us talking to find out what's going on in each other's lives. Pretty much. So if you've already done it on one podcast, it makes it really hard to then, you know, get right back into that groove and do it on another podcast. But we know that you have no friends if you're a church planner, right? All your minister friends don't want to hang out with you because they're convinced you're nuts. You're sending pastors like, oh, don't talk to me. You just want money all the time or you want to cry and whimper to me. So we are inviting you into our friendship. Where are your friends, dude? Like, we'll totally hang with you. Well, Peyton will. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess, you know, people just kind of look over every once in a while and go, what not? What not, baby? You know, like, like he's cool. Dude, so, I'm telling you, man, I'm like checking out all kinds of homes in Texas and Tennessee. Will you get one with the secret bookcase? Then we can be secret bookcase buddies. No, because I would not put any books on it. We'll put the books on it, but then I know what you're going to keep behind it. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. No, I don't think so. So we had first-time cleaning people the other day um, because we, you know, we've cleaned the upstairs, but we needed a deep clean. So we hired these people come in for eight hours, and they cleaned that bookcase. They did not discover the secret room. I was so happy. I didn't know you had a secret room. You didn't know this? No. Oh, well, it's not so secret now. It's on the podcast. I have a secret room in my office. I have a bookcase that opens up. You literally keep nothing in it, huh? It's totally empty. I might just have some Batman things in there. I call it the Batcave. It's painted gray, like the Batcave. Yep. That's bad. So my 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 crafts, my my uh my finished carpenter, he's a craftsman, obviously. He built what's behind me. He he built a hidden compartment in this thing. There's a hidden compartment over my fire, but I have like amazing amount of it. I'm Bruce Wayne, dude. I'm just telling you. I'm Bruce Wayne. You gotta come see my my new uh my new thing looks like uh, looks like Wayne Manor. If I was Bat ever Cave. invited to your house, I'd come visit, but I've never been invited. Like, You're like I've a vampire. Is, you need to wait for the official invitation. All right. What I've been told is uh, from your wife. Don't you dare ever show up at our house again. <laughs> that does sound like something. No, you know, it's funny. I probably mentioned this every time you say it. My wife is actually the, the opposite. She's always like, whatever happens. You need to keep Pete as a friend in your life because she was she clearly was she doesn't know me well enough or she doesn't listen to the podcast. No, she does. And well, not not often anymore, because I think like like a lot of people getting past the 30 minutes or more of smack talk can be difficult. Right. We've ended up becoming Seinfeld where it becomes the podcast about nothing. No, but in, in all honesty, we should get into the topic and talk about the some things that we've tried to uh, really convey over the last few years. We're going to do a part two today of the values that we've tried to instill. Great, Scott. Into- it's time for this week's topic. <laughs> Let's get down to the nitty gritty. I love <laughs> that you literally cut me off. Because you so, skipped it. You skipped it. Yeah. Well, no, I was back. I was going to back off and let you do your thing because uh, I got sound effects too. Could you imagine if that's what our soundboard was. We just have little toys that we hold up to the mic. (laughs) There's a Mr. T in my pocket. There's a Mr. T in my pocket that I do not own, but I do have Darth Vader in my pocket. And Liberty the other day was like, because we watched uh, episode four. She's like, yeah, dad, where's your Darth Vader thing you used to have that you could push? I used to sit in my car. And when I get mad at people and I was driving, I would hit buttons like instead of raging in front of my kids. So, you know, hey, sanctification and baby steps, right? So, anyways, heading on to our themes, <clears throat> let's talk about the uh, Church Planner Podcast, Pete. Let's talk about the podcast itself, the show that is about itself today. Um, I want to talk a little bit about some of our um, values. Now, we covered last week that being authentic is better than being respected. Right. Um, and what I mean by that is not the respect that Proverbs talks about. Like there's a respect that Proverbs talks about. This just you're a good man. You're a man of your word, man of honor, a woman of honor. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that celebrityism thing. 
Pete and I didn't give a rip about that, right? As evidenced by our smack talk. Um, number one, cha-ching. We weren't out to make money off you, right? Like we could have monetized the wazoo out of this thing. We just chose not to. And then uh, Bivo. By the way, all of our sponsors are working trade with us. We're not getting rich off that, right? We, they do things for us. We use their services and we say, hey, we'll put you on our podcast. Don't make us pay you. And then uh, lastly, Bivo, um, you know, it's kind of a big part. But our other one is bigger is not better. We have tried to honor on this podcast. This is hitting on the new ones today. The fact that we are not here to help you start a big thing, build your empire, start a mega church. We have been here to help you do what God has called you to do, knowing and understanding that 90% of churches out there are churches of 100 or less. And to me, that's equally as viable. Look, I go to a church that has like 20 people in it. It's a little church plant. It doesn't have a ton of people. I show up. I worship. I don't do a bunch there. I just encourage the guy that's planning. Um, there's a lot of potential there. And I always tell him, I say, hey, I'm not going to I'm not gonna tell you what to do. You'll never have me approach you and say, hey, you know, I think you ought to. I'm just going to sit here and support you, man. And, you know, because some people probably wonder, like, what's it like having Peyton in your church plant? I think it's pretty cool, right? Um, I, I never come to church on time. Other than that, I think it's pretty cool. We're always late, dude, like every week. I still remember that one time you visited that church up in Oregon, Bend, Oregon, and you showed up in a full Batman outfit, complete with the ears and cape. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, th they asked me at the door, they're like, are you? And I went, I'm Batman. I'm Batman. <laughs> yeah. So uh, have you seen that clip where Michael <laughs> Keaton is like delivering the commencement no. speech at a college and he goes, and one more thing <clears throat> done with the speech. And he like puts on sunglasses and he goes, I'm Batman. And everyone That's goes so crazy. good. So there's the way he says it. And then there's the way that the Lego Batman says, Hi, cause I'm Batman. That's the best. <laughs> the way, the way that the Lego Batman says it is so funny. So as an aside, we'll get back to where we're going from here, but we want to honor every size. I recently said this on uh, in conversation to someone. I want to give him a shout out. Um, Carl Vaders writes for Christianity Today um, and Outreach. Um, to me, I think Carl Vaders is one of the most underrated um, voices in America today. I have a huge amount of respect for him, and I think his small churches, he wrote a book called The Grasshopper Myth, which is all about like churches are small that want to get big, which, by the way, is was the theme kind of of Church to Zero, one of the themes, if it had a theme, um, was trying to get you to stay in your lane and and be what God called you to be. But uh, Carl Vaders, if you get a chance to read some of his stuff, he is literally, the, this is his area. Bigger's not better. Um, and he he mentioned, because he blew past those thresholds that like people used to talk about back in the day, you know, how to pass the 200 threshold, how to, and he went for it, and he did it, and he hated it. And, uh, and he came back and shrunk his church back down and uh, broke off and just said, look, I... I just think that's crazy. We have so much stuff that these big churches don't have by way of community. I'll never give that up again. So he's he's a neat guy. Um, and Pete and I once got served by his uh, by his son-in-law back when we used to have our meetings at Islands. Remember I that? I remember. He was the bartender. Well, I was recently on Carl's uh, podcast, and I mentioned that. And Carl goes, oh, I forgot about that. 
So uh, it's a small world, everybody. <clears throat> but leading on from that, another one of our values is multiplication is king, right? If size doesn't matter, it's multiplication that matters. It's not growing by addition. It's growing by multiplication. And, and that leads into one of our values with exponential. I am super grateful for exponential, which is teaching. And no, they're not paying me, but I just want to give a few shout outs because there are people that really own these spaces that, um, you know, when Pete and I were getting going, I mean, we exponential was already there, but back then they were a church planting organization. Um, somewhere along the line, they kind of realized we got to go up the food chain and we got to start talking to churches that exist to multiply. And that's kind of become their new space that they occupy. And I'm super grateful because uh, having been on the staff of Exponential at one time, um, watching all these people write in, like it was cool. We got to read all these rad testimonies where people are like, I came to the conference because I was looking for an intern. And, and then they get wrecked at this conference. And, and basically they realize, and we would read these things or testimonials of people saying, I've been focusing on the wrong thing my entire ministry. Again, going back to the previous thing, I wanted to get big and, and hating it, but understanding multiplication, training up and raising up others like Jesus did, like Paul did. That's rad. Um, also discipleship is the mandate, right? Um, not church planning. We've, we've tried to tell you that even though we're here to talk about church planning, church planning as a result, discipleship, evangelism, those things are at the root, right? Of what you're supposed to be doing. Can you tell who's ever texting you to knock it off? You know what it is? It's my ring camera, which when you have a Doberman, let me just tell you, Dobermans are excitable creatures and they run around like the whole day. Like, isn't this fun? Look what I found. I found a stick. I found a leaf. Look, there's a bug. There's a butterfly. There's a bird. Oh my gosh, there's a cat. I'm going to eat it. Oh my gosh, the 13 year old dog. I'm going to eat it too. And then it's a bird. Oh, look, a leaf. And they just do this endless cycle eating everything, digging up plants like nonstop. So you got to keep Dobermans busy and make them tired, which is really hard to do. I just like to say that I really like your 13 year old dog. She is the best. She loves my office. She sleeps in here all the time, but she's very senile. And she, so she never knows what to do. So she walks around a bunch like, am I supposed to be in this room? Wait, no. Am I supposed to be in this room? No. So she walks around. Do I need to go outside and go to the bathroom? I don't know. So you take her out and you can tell. You can see her thought. She goes outside. She gets all excited. Her tail's wagging. Then she stops and she circles and looks around like, where am I? What am I doing? It's hilarious. So, and she's real sweet. Yeah, she's a great dog. Mm. I, I I can't stay on task. You, you know not to distract me. <laughs> yeah, I'm back. Our, our other value, what time are we going till today? Oh, I guess we got to end it um, in 10 minutes. Do you got a meeting at 11? Because Josh Henry would sure like to meet us then. I do not have a meeting at 11. Or do well, you I? do now. <laughs> so the other one. Hey, is this going to be a three-parter? No, it's not. Because Peyton has two minutes for each point. There you go. The other thing is the Spirit's anointing is not optional. I mean, it is. 
you can move ahead with or without the Holy Spirit. That is entirely up to you. But it it it's actually required for you to do the things that God's called you to do. The Holy Spirit, being filled with the Spirit, being baptized with the Spirit. And I don't mean that in the way that, you know, like a Pentecostal might say it. Um, I mean it in the way that Lloyd-Jones might say it, which if you've never read Joy Unspeakable, definitely pick that book up. That will be a game changer. Pick up Reaching the Unreached, too, because uh, there's quite a development of the Holy Spirit's um, uh, chiching, uh, empowering on mission. Um, it's, it's the rule that I live my life by. If I'm going to do something, I better be seeking God. Um, I better be devoting myself to him. I, I shouldn't be on internet porn. I shouldn't be screwing around. I shouldn't be being dishonest. Like, like all those things, when it comes to the spirit, the spirit's power empowering. When people go, Oh, wow, where'd that guy get that power from in his life? You know, guys like Chuck Smith, John Wesley, surrender. Literally surrender to God every part of their mind, body, and soul. That is the secret to receiving the power of the Holy Spirit or being filled with Him. That's all it means. It just means you're filled with God. It's not even like this abstract power like you have superpowers. If you start approaching the Holy Spirit in that way, um, He will elude you uh, because He will not become the power that can be bought like Simon the Magus wanted. He is a person and He will fill you and it becomes about that relationship, walking with him. Like when Jesus says, if you love me, you obey my commandments. And then he talks about, if you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. That we, we don't talk about these things. And yet these were the things that Jesus spent, uh, John 14, 15, 16, speaking to his disciples about on the night, um, he was betrayed. Now I should say something like that's a big chunk of that gospel where Jesus is just spelling all this stuff that I'm talking about out right now. And, and we pretend like it doesn't exist, you know? Um, so it, it's not an option or it shouldn't be. I guess it is optional, but not if you really want to get serious about reaching people. Um, it is a necessity. Um, APEST is the lost strategy, what Alan Hirsch calls the forgotten ways. That has been a huge uh, value. Um, when I wrote Church Zero, cha-ching! And church plantology, ching they really focus a lot on APEST. I got away from APEST with reaching the unreached, ching uh, because I, I should have just saved that for one, ching because that was more about body ministry and the anointing of every believer and their gifts and passions. Um, but when it comes to the APEST, um, that is the strategy of multiplication that God hardwired into the church. It's actually the, the strategy of ministry. Um, Jesus had all five functions. He ascends on high and it says he gives these as gifts to the church to fulfill his ministry and to fill the earth with himself through the church. So, uh, as we operate in the apex and embrace it, um, we become apostolic, prophetic, evangelistic, shepherding and uh, teaching shepherds and teachers. So, and then those five together form the mighty robot Voltron and the church is able to kick some demon, butt. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Voltron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lastly, yes. Voltron. 
Blazing Sword. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. People Pete that are did the Blazing to the podcast, Sword. Instead of watching it, have no idea what we're doing. Yeah, Pete did that. All he all he had to do was the hand motion of the two fists coming together and then pull them apart in a straight line, and that that energy sword. Yeah, it's so rad. Um, I have not watched the new uh, He Man. By the way, I started to watch it and I was impressed. Where are and, you? Uh, yeah, I was impressed. Yeah, I'm not watching it. Why? I'm not watching He-Man. Do you hear the pain in my voice just then? Ever since I the saw dismay? Dolph Lundgren be He-Man, I can't do it. Yeah, I that's pretty bad. You know, I, I I did, though, I watched that Toys That Made Us, and they talked about that. And they said, you know, keep in mind how ambitious, though, of a film that was for its time. Right? Um, yeah, that doesn't justify it. I can't do it. I know, it's pretty bad. All right. So teams are indispensable. That is the last uh, thing that I have to say today. Teams are indispensable. If you're going to be Bivo, you need a team. If you're going to multiply, you need a team. If you're going to church plant effectively and exhibit the ministry full functions, five functions of Jesus. Well, guess what, pal? You need a stinking team. So these are the things, the values that we've tried to teach over the years. Being authentic is better than being a celebrity. Uh, don't try to make money uh, off of people uh, through ministry. Uh, bivocationalism is a survival skill all around for your own bank account and also for your church. Bigger is not better. Multiplication is king. Discipleship is the mandate. The Spirit's anointing is necessary. APES is the lost strategy. And teams, my friend are indispensable. Those have been our values. I mean, can you think of any other, other than sound effects are not necessary? Um, did we do Bivo last week? Yeah, we did that last week. Well, I think we should do it again. We jumped it in the queue because, well, Pete, you know, you took us there, so I moved it. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm such a believer in Bivo. That's all yes. I'm going to say. Bivo, Covo, whatever you want to call it. I'm a believer in it. Well, uh, me too. And uh, you're gonna you're gonna see Pete and I in future. In fact, that's where we're heading off to our meeting. We can't announce it yet, and uh, nor should we. But uh, next week is our final episode uh, for Church Planner Podcast, the Big Four Fifty. Right, Pete? Yes, and I believe we're supposed to be wearing our uh, briefs on the outside of our pants so we can pretend like we're superheroes. <gasps> We should wear underoos. I'll wear He-Man underoos. I don't Which have ones any. Will I'm you not be buying wearing? any. You, wait, Amazon, it takes two days to get here. What if I buy you some? I don't want you buying me underwear. That just seems weird to me. But you used to talk about underwear nonstop. Oh, oh wait, wait. I'm getting ahead of myself. That's for next week. <laughs> Anyone who's been a part of this podcast knows that Pete has had phases that he's gone through. Uh, like like the phases of a, of a child's development. And during those times, Pete's been all about certain things. You can see him entering into the new phase, which is, I'm moving. And before that, it was guns. Oh, that's and true, before that, huh? it was cars. You yeah, really no, you're can. heading into a new phase. I've known you long enough to recognize what's happening. <laughs> but- <laughs> oh, it's so funny because it's true. <laughs> oh, this is what's good. I can't quit you, Pete Mitchell. So uh, Pete and I have become, oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, I made you uncomfortable. That's another thing we'll talk about is all the, all the ways Peyton makes Pete uncomfortable next week. But, uh, you know, while you're being made uncomfortable like that and thinking about all those values, uh, Pete, how do you keep on top of your church's bookkeeping? 
Well, what I do is I hire a little a little company called Simplify Church. Uh, I'll contact Josh Henry over at SimplifyChurch.com. And Josh at SimplifyChurch.com takes care of all my needs. That's good to know that you have help, Pete, because I remember when you were a treasurer and you got our merchant account canceled. That's great that you I have someone. I was a treasurer oh, oh, when I got it canceled. Week again. Next week again. It was <laughs> like a year myself. later, maybe two. The final episode, we're going to be talking about all the crazy things that happened. So we'll be making a list. If you guys want to have us talk about any aspect of the podcast, put put something on the Facebook comments or go over to the Facebook page and let us know or message us or whatever. Um, let us know. We'll talk about if you have a moment that you want us to uh, relive on next week's episode, let us know here. Um, meanwhile, uh, Pete, uh, sermonboss.com. Uh, you should go there because uh, I'll tell you why. I See, I, I'm looking at the clock. We got to hurry up and go. Uh, Sermonboss.com, Pete. Go there and you can put all your media in one place on your website and keep people there. You don't have to leave. You just go to Sermonboss.com and they'll help you migrate everything over to your website. So you can have all those plugins on your one website. You know what I'm talking about? Sermonboss. Yeah, sermonboss.com. All right. Well, this has been Peyton Jones and Pete Mitchell reminding you, if you want to reach once nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. See you later. Oh, man. I forgot to hit the record button. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Thank you.